Hey folks, um, thanks for tuning in again. This is my second podcast with Dara Morgan. Dara, Dara is a really close friend. I, I lifeguarded with him and uh, we've we done many a swim together. We're, we're really close friends. We keep in contact regularly. Um, Dara has his own podcast called uh, The Combat Show, uh, which I find really interesting if, if you're interested in anything physical activity, nutrition or mind mindfulness, just have a listen to some of his podcasts too that can be very useful i know i i learned a lot from his podcasts and um, dara dara is incredibly honest throughout uh, this podcast and on his experiences and the purpose of having dara on was specifically to speak about his experience through through college and uh, the transition through college from secondary school so um I know this is something that a lot of people struggle with, but often if you ask many males, they'll, they'll probably say college was a, a great session and probably won't tell you the, the honest answer. Um, so that's that's why I knew I, if I contacted Dara, he would give me a, a really truthful answer and um, just discuss it. It's not to say that it's bad or anything, it's just to discuss his experiences, how he coped. Um, I think how, how people cope is more interesting than the actual issue because we all have issues, but coping mechanisms are so variable. Um, they're, they're really the things we, we can learn from. Uh, in, in this podcast, we, we speak about managing social groups, so that, that's a big thing when people go to college, especially away from home, that they have their you know you have your underage group of friends from school and sports teams and any other social uh, community in, in Watford in this example and then all of a sudden you have to move to Cork, Dublin, Galway wherever it may be or even the UK um, so we speak about that and how we found it uh, Dara didn't have uh, the, the transition to college or through college um, as the crow flies but um, he, he really adapted and I think he, he's such a, an adaptive person. He's always trying something new and he's so pragmatic. Um, Dara, Dara speaks about how physical activity and being well-nourished um, helps him. He speaks about swimming, uh, being with nature, mindfulness and how all these practices help him cope um, through difficult times and, and non-difficult times. Um, Dara, Dara really opens up in this podcast and... Uh, it's it's revelating for me in the podcast and even listening back on it. Um, I I know Dara for so many years and I didn't know some of the things he he leaves out. So um, th- th- again, that's that's the beauty of these podcasts that we have conversations that we we wouldn't really have otherwise. Um, as as the title says, it's difficult conversations made simple. So um, I really enjoyed this podcast and Dara throws out so many useful nuggets of information. Um that I know I, I have learned a lot from and, and will use some of them. Um, so I hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy, please share. And if you don't enjoy, please share anyway. Um, it might, might be more useful to someone else. But um, cheers. Enjoy. So today on Difficult Conversations Made Simple, we have Dara Morgan. Dara Morgan is a student in DCU and currently finishing your placement in Skoda. So Dara, welcome and thank you for taking your time to come on. Thanks a million, Shane. Brilliant to be here. 
talking to you at last. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the only time we have in a, in a long time for a podcast. But uh, yeah. Dara, tell us a little about yourself and uh, why you agreed to come on and do this podcast. Uh, so basically, a little bit about myself. I've been boxing for a lot of years. I started when I was 10. Uh, when I started at the start, uh, it wasn't great. Uh, I'd say everyone kind of ripped me off, to, this skinny, wiry fella probably crying on his first day in the thing. But I kind of persist, persisted with it, and I just kind of got addicted to it, loved it. I uh, was doing that at a fairly high level for a few years. Then I went to college, um, and we can kind of get into that uh, at a later stage, um, the kind of transition there, um, how I kind of struggled with, with that a tiny bit. And then, um, basically, I'm finishing off uh, a business degree now um, in DCU. I've been working with Skoda for a year. And then I set up my own podcast because um, I did a radio broadcasting and presenting course in WIT. Um, and I was actually working with yourself in the glass yeah. Um, yeah. at the time. And I remember I was... We were doing the swim lessons and I was writing down all these ideas for podcasts and shows on the back of uh, these swim tra- training things. And everyone was picking them up like, what the hell is this fella doing? <laughs> so I always had like a passion for it. And I always kind of put, swept it under the rug or never really went for it. And I don't know why, but just one day I was like, right, I'm, I had two or three shows from and I had a radio show on DCU, which I put out and which was received well. But then I kind of just let that kind of drop as well when I went into work because obviously I was working a job that kind of required my full attention. So I had to kind of give that my full attention and the um, radio kind of went on the back burner. So then I just decided, look, I'm going to put out this podcast. I've been talking about it for years and I'm very passionate about it. I have all the equipment, have content there that's ready to be put out. So I just put it out and the response has been brilliant. And every week now I'm just trying to, Put out a podcast that hopefully touch one or two people in a positive way so that's probably yeah that that's 100 percent. and like a lot of what you're saying resonates with myself because you going into this has kind of also been an eye-opener for myself and here we both are just new to it and just giving it a go and as you said like if it just affects one person in the right way then it's like mission accomplished per se but um so this podcast era is just about like men like ourselves just everyday people just chatting away and saying our experiences we're not preaching anything we're just saying this worked for us this wasn't easy it was difficult to say that this was didn't work for us or things like that you know or just being really open so i'm just going to get right into it dara um what is your opinion on stigmas such as like um real men don't cry or be a man or don't be such a wuss look my opinion on it is like they're very their opinions that are I don't I I wouldn't have them opinions but as coming from a boxing type of background you always I even find it with men I was talking to a few of my even um I was talking to Hardy Barnes on my own podcast mm-hmm. and he was saying himself that women are a lot more likely to come to himself for help with weights uh, for technique and stuff like that rather than men on a physical point of view and that's similar with a mental health point of view because men have this thing that they're the kind of protector they're you know and it's a kind of a weakness that you show if you have say a mental uh, mental health some something adverse mental health wise 
um, it's kind of a weakness and coming even coming from a boxing point of view you know you want that persona that you're the tough the big man you know you're trying to psych your opponent out and you know coming forward with mental health type of things kind of you know there is a perception that it goes against that you know it's it, perceived some by some people as kind of a weakness which it shouldn't definitely shouldn't be um but and i think that's been kind of broken down a good bit by boxers like tyson fury and people like that um but yeah i've that'd be the thing with that there is that it's a weight every man carries every man is like told you know don't cry why are you crying for you know why he's so like it can be discouraged 101 times like but maybe the 102nd time you might meet the right person who is willing to let you talk and it's funny that you well interesting that you talk about Tyson Fury because he has kind of made it like he's such a big man like six foot odd whatever weight like massive but he has just come out and said like basically real men do cry and like he's been very open about it for such a a big Mm -hmm. star like you know it's it's not easy and um, Tyson Fury is a name that definitely comes up a lot when it talk, comes to men's mental health and he's a great advocate for it. But um, Dara, what, what do you find is the biggest barrier for men to talk about their feelings? The biggest barrier, like, I, I think it's that initial, like, finding someone to talk to because you think, like, even friends that are close, you know, sometimes you don't want to approach them, like, or burden them like you know you think you're burdening them with your problems when in reality they definitely would be open to that but it's the initial i think it's the initial thing it's the same with anything putting out a podcast putting yourself out there you know it is an uncomfortable thing to do to kind of say here look i'm not feeling the best or whatever you know it is it's one of the hardest things to do so even to uh, seek professional help which probably if you are feeling that way, definitely I would recommend that. Um, so I think it's the initial, it's just that push of actually going out and trying to do it. I think that's the biggest barrier because once you do that, then it's like a valve. It releases all the air out of it. You know, you're pent up and then you release that just by even talking to someone, having a coffee with a friend or something because you do get energy off talking to people. Like I definitely find that and you release some of that. I know, I know. And it's just, as you said, making that first step. But that first step is monumental for some people. Like, it's like, mm. as I remember talking to you a while ago and you said, like, if you meet up with your friends, like, not that you had anything on your chest or anything, but just as an example, meeting up with friends, it is very difficult to to say, like, oh, I like, I'm not feeling the best, you know. And, yeah. and like, it would be so okay if someone did do that. But it's just, it doesn't happen maybe as much as it really should no it's it's like to be honest with you it's it could be a cultural kind of thing like it's you know we're we're still awkward about having discussions about sex like in ireland basically based on you know cultural kind of value like we were in a christian brother school and stuff like that and still mental health still is a kind of a taboo subject because we were i was only talking to one of the lads and he has ADHD and he has OCD and he has like a touch of psychosis. But this fella is an absolute legend, salt of the earth kind of fella. But a few years ago, like they would have locked him up. Like, you know, that that's what we like, not a few years ago, but not too long ago, you know, yeah, you have the generation. Do you know what I mean? Like and people like that have so much to give, like creativity wise. Now he's an author and he's writing books and he's unbelievable, do you know? So I think sometimes people look at like, 
say labels like that they're probably more beneficial like people that have mental health issues a lot of the time they're really creative they're really passionate like people like Kanye West other like people like that obviously there're loads of examples of people that have that sometimes it's actually that that makes you who you are you know and sometimes you kind of have to embrace it instead of uh, saying oh this is the worst thing ever why am I cursed with this or that or whatever you know so so important that like we just do try to be ourselves and don't try to do anything that it's just not you like you know it's just be yourself and you find people will come to you and you'll find your own niche group but um, exactly. just going back to uh, Christian Brother schools and kind of the culture in Ireland because everyone I'm going to speak on this podcast is going to be from more likely from Ireland so it's such a, a cultural thing but going on to secondary schools like and you said like mental health is a taboo uh, topic in secondary but why 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 can't we uh, be educated and prepared for it because one of the main ideas i got like to do this was that i felt like almost betrayed but not like blindsided by secondary school that it didn't prepare me for like feeling anxious or feeling depressed or feeling whatever so um, that's why I, 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 it's kind of one of the main reasons why I have this podcast out there to just uh, talk a little bit more about it. But mm. why, why is that a taboo topic and how, how do you think they might be able to change that or challenge ourselves? Like? Basically, you know, like it's, it is a hard uh, topic and a lot of teachers haven't uh, received the training on how to do it. Like I think stuff like mindfulness, meditation, all that should have been taught to us when we are in primary school you know so we have them techniques to mm-hmm. deal like even i even found when i went to college presentations like we were never we never did presentations in secondary school oh. you're thrown into the deep end and yeah. if you suffer with anxiety and that's your that's your first time being absolutely it's the worst nightmare it's the worst nightmare you know and some people like i've seen some people they've gone up done a presentation they've completely flunked it or something and they didn't come back to the course you know like some people really really get affected by that so i think that and i i just really think from a young age we should be learning and it should be integrated into our uh, education system and mindfulness the importance of nutrition on our mental health and the importance of exercise on our mental health everything is connected mind body so like we're not taught that (laughs) one subject i did in um secondary school was home economics and it had a bit of nutrition in it and that was probably the only kind of real applicable Mm -hmm. thing that that was you know to your mental physical kind of health that that i kind of learned you know yeah yeah it's, you definitely need to improve on that. Yeah, and it's a lifestyle thing as well. Like, you know, like yeah. you said, like the only thing you learned about nutrition was in home economics. And like P could probably do that, that bit more to educate people about like being more physically active and the benefits of it, not only physically, but mentally too. Mentally, yeah. Well, um, just while we're on that kind of journey for yourself, I just wanted to, like, our main reason I brought you on here is just to talk about your experiences in college and specifically the transition of being quite comfortable within a friend group in secondary school. And then, like us all, like, we're all going to 18s and stuff like that. It's a really close uh, group. Um, But then, all of a sudden, September comes and we're moving to wherever around Ireland and a lot of your friends may not have made the same transition, but... How, how did you find this transition? Was it difficult for you or was it easy? Uh, it was very difficult for me, to be honest, because 
I had this kind of, I was mentioning it to you earlier, I had this kind of regime where I'd get up really early in the morning, go for a jog, go to school the whole day, and I'd, I'd eat only healthy food. I remember there's a smoothie bar in the school, which was actually quite good, uh, and I used to get smoothies there the whole time. And just I just eating healthy, training every day, Monday to Friday, just in this routine, going to school nine to five, then six o'clock, go to um go to boxing training for two hours and do that. All I'd say I did that for eight years, constantly, nonstop. And I had a, a good group of friends around, and I was I did other sports as well, uh, which helped. Um, but then when I went to college this structure that I had was gone. It was like, it was kind of like I was t- like, I had this military kind of a lifestyle. And then I went to college with no structure. I was out drinking. I was like, to be honest with you, it was kind of like a sheep kind of mentality. I was out going to the same nightclubs, drinking the same things as all the lads, not doing the things that I really wanted to do, like that. I, that kind of really drove me that was a passion. You know, I was just, I was really lost to be honest with you, like, because I was I was walking around Dublin just thinking, what, like, what the, f- like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, I'm just walking around the place, and like, I wasn't boxing at a high level again. I didn't have that kind of passion for it. And I said, like, what am I doing here? Like, you know, um, had thoughts of dropping out, but I just kind of stuck with it, um, and I ended up doing well that year. But basically, it was just sticking with it and then finding the structure. So I had to get a structure to my day. So how I did that was I said, I have to exercise every day. I have to do some form of mental exercise every day, like meditation, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I have to do a to-do list to do with a structure. And like we were saying, I was talking to Harley Barnes in my own podcast and he was the prevalence of personal trainers now today. Why they're so in demand is accountability. So, you know, you don't do a workout or whatever. They're going to say, oh, did, how'd you get on? And you're going to be like, oh, I didn't do it. It makes you kind of feel so you're like, oh, I'm going to have to do this. It's the mm-hmm. same thing with writing a to-do list down. You write that stuff down. It's in your brain subcon- subconsciously. And then you look back, did I do that stuff? And you're accountable to yourself. You're like, I got nothing done. Mm-hmm. So I'm always, I, I love to just live by the thing get shit done and I just like to get shit done yeah, <laughs> yeah you do no better man but the thing <laughs> I, uh, I want to uh, zone in on that um, segment is that you were in Dublin and uh, correct me if I'm wrong but maybe uh, a feeling of like exclusion and loneliness up there that like it wasn't really for you but you have a massive pressure and like you have that pressure to say this is my first year I can't I can't be the person who drops out and yeah. like, that can be like a, a difficult thing to balance between like I'm really not happy here, but I don't want to be that person who dropped out in first year in Dublin, and then I don't really have a plan after that. But it's you stuck it out and fair play. But I think after that, I, I just I know you personally, so I know that you you really delved into it and you found what suited you. So, um, what did you do after the first year of college in Dublin? So after the first year of college in Dublin, I was 17 that whole year. So. <laughs> Going out and everything was even difficult, you know. Um, but like you were saying with juggling the friend groups, I had a good friend group in Dublin um, and a good friend group in Waterford. Uh, so that was that was really what kind of helped me through. So basically I came back um, and I knew that that course that I was in probably wasn't for me. Um, so then I did two courses. So I did a gym instructor course to kind of 
progress on to be a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And then I did uh, the radio introduction to broadcasting and presenting at WIT. And then I was working with yourself in, in the glass just to make a bit of dosh on the side. Uh, but <laughs> so basically two of them things, I was like, I really like um, fitness, health, instructing people. Um, and I really like radio broadcasting and presenting. So I'm going to try two of these things and see which one kind of suits me. And the radio broadcast and presenting thing was one of the best things I've ever done. It's a course in the wit that you can do for six months. Uh, it was probably one of the best courses I've ever done. Uh, it was only an hour a week. Uh, it was with Rob O'Connor from Beat 102.3. Uh, unbelievable fella. Um, really, really good knowledge and presenters from beat would come in you'd go into the studio and then at the very end you have to make your own little radio show and they show you how to edit present podcast uh, all these type of stuff there and i just when i was doing that i got into this kind of a flow state kind of and um, i don't know if you've ever kind of i've experienced it a few times in boxing and stuff but i was looking at a tv or a computer screen editing stuff and i wouldn't even notice the time going past you know yeah. i could it'd be like an hour and i think it was like about 10 minutes that's when i knew i was really passionate about it really liked it mm-hmm. and because i was really passionate about it because i really liked it i was very good at it and at the very end um rob and the lad said jesus that that was really good the one that you did and i put a lot of time into it effort into it, listen to it yeah 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 well, so, what, what was good there is that I think you took the time out. You said like Dublin wasn't working for you. You went and yeah. did a profi fitness personal trainer course. You did a radio yeah. course as well. And then eventually you did some lifeguarding as well on the side. But it's so yeah. important that we do take the time out and just try these things. These might not be things you do nine to five as a career for the rest of your life, but they're things you're interested in and Sometimes we can benefit way more by doing these things on the side, um, like lifeguarding, like personal trainer, like or the radio course. It doesn't need to be a, a career, but mm-hmm. it's just about um, learning and engaging in things and putting feelers out there for what what works for us. It doesn't need to be the pressure that is there on like first year college, get you that second year college, third year, fourth year. Like we're so young, like you were seventeen in your first year of college. Like I think it's it's important that we acknowledge that. It's, it's not a, a race, you know, and if, if for, like, how can a 17-year-old really and truly know what they want to do for the rest of their life? Like, and, yeah. like, yeah. taking the time out and, like, working on our own mentality and finding things that work for us. Like, you could have easily just have become a personal trainer or work at beat or whichever. And, like, that, that would have made you happy. So it's important that we do acknowledge that. Yeah. And I definitely, I'd agree with you there. And sometimes, like, I identified, geez, that really makes me happy. But then, you know, sometimes we kind of go back into this kind of thinking, oh, I have to, uh, to be honest with you, probably should have just stuck with that. But I didn't. I went back kind of the same old kind of, oh, I have to get a degree or whatever, which is brilliant to get a degree. Um, But maybe I should have stuck with that. I found my passion. And then... I kind of went away from that. And then when I was in DCU, then I picked it back up again with the radio station. was really, really in tune um, with that and was kind of in that flow state again. And then as well with the podcast, doing that. So I know now that I have to keep that up and then weaving the passage 
pa- passions in together. So boxing, podcasting, uh, radio presenting, trying to weave them together into something that uh, is fulfilling and interesting. Specifically for this one, just what would your advice be to people who are afraid to drop out or try something different, but they're not really enjoying the course they're doing? Um, I would say try identify what you actually enjoy and what gets you into that kind of a flow state or that state when you're like oh the first thing is identifying that and then like you know a lot of the times business courses and stuff it's a general thing when you don't really know what you want to do and which is is it's good um it's a good kind of base to have but i think you should identify if you have a really really keen interest and you really don't like that course do something that you're passionate about that you're interested in It, it might not make you you know, loads of money, but I even found like in an office job, stuff like that. I always found that sometimes you're not as, I'm not as fulfilled when I'm sitting down editing a podcast or talking to someone interesting. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it, that's really what gets me going. And it like, I don't have to do it. You know, this is my leisure time when I'm doing that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's really enjoyable. But when I'm plugging numbers in an Excel sheet, doesn't really doesn't really do it for me you know yeah yeah so, so i think i think you have to look at the at the the end what do you want to do as a job can you see yourself sitting in an office if you can great keep going with the business degree or whatever if you can't do something about it and um, do something that you really like and enjoy yeah no i always fall back to that like if you do if you do something you love you never work a day in your life but yeah acknowledging that we should follow some of the notions we get and just just carry through man you never know what might happen for you with it like you know and even these podcasts were just a, a notion we both had and we both went with it and who knows like how far it will go or or, or how not far it will go but um, yeah Dara, you lead a, like a, a really active lifestyle and you constantly challenge yourself to try new things, even nutritionally, physically and professionally. Uh, has, has this worked for you or how has it been? So leaving an, leading an active lifestyle, I just, I've always done it. Uh, I think I always will. And when I don't do it, uh, I don't feel good. Do you know what I mean? So uh, when I don't do that, I don't feel good. So I need, I kind of, I don't, yeah, I do. I kind of need to do it, um, and I really like doing it, enjoy doing it, so I continue to do it. Uh, challenging myself, uh, kind of nutritional-wise, lately, you know, I've been challenging myself with different kind of diets and stuff, because I think, you know, experimenting with yourself is the best way with kind of nutrition. You know, me, myself and yourself are chatting about it, and even we were talking about the food pyramid and stuff, and I was even talking to one of my friends there the other day and we were kind of having not an argument but a, a fairly heated discussion about like oh if you really want to drop your body fat percentage you know the food pyramid might not be the best thing or whatever and you know like nutrition is such a divisive kind of thing so I, I try and try it out my by myself um, and then with my fitness side of things I just try to change it up, man, because I, I get very bored of the same workout. So mm-hmm. lately what I've been doing, so one work I do kind of, one week I would do a prison style kind of workout. And then I'd with the, obviously with the quarantine, no gyms open and stuff. And then I'd go for a cycle, uh, a, a sea swim. And then, um, that's, a, that's about it. And I'd split my sessions up between 
uh, one in the morning, one in the evening. Um, and, and for you, Dara, like you've touched on a lot there, but what is the difference between the weeks that you're in college and some weeks it's very difficult to get the time to be as active as you are? Like, yeah. How do you find the weeks where you're not as active compared to the weeks where you are active mentally? Uh, I kind of struggle with the ones that I'm not as physically active, to be honest, because it's just something that my body craves anyway. I love doing it. Um, but what I've kind of done to kind of try combat that is kind of try and exercise mentally a bit more. Like I had to do that when I, I know um, we weren't playing together in that match, but I remember we, I broke my leg um, and I really had to work on my mental my mental um exercises or just my mental capacity because i was going up the walls um at home in a cast not being able to do anything um so i think for that i kind of do meditation in the times when i can't really exercise try and get some meditation in um or even try and edit a podcast do do something that i find a bit fulfilling or uh, something like that, or even read a good, interesting book for a break, or something from studying and stuff. From yeah, no, from from knowing you personally, Dara, I think like you, you really like any setback that you have like encountered, like even breaking your leg or, or or coming out of college. Like you're so pragmatic with it, and like that makes your comeback even ten times stronger. And like you won't have the same issue twice. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. Thanks, thanks for bigging me up there, big time. <laughs> but like, I I would one hundred percent agree with you. Like, there's a quote that I always like to use, and it's my boxing coach always uses: "How we react to a loss it will determine when we will win again." So mm-hmm. if I lose, like you know, I give my your your own best example. So I used to lose boxing fights, and I. I'd go mad like I'd go like oh it was the it was the judge's fault it was this fault it was that fault I blame everyone else but myself and then I wouldn't train for like two weeks and come in the next week and then have another fight and then box shit again and then I'd wonder why I'm not winning but then I think of that quote if I actually looked within myself oh maybe I was was over training maybe I wasn't looking at my nutrition enough look internally or maybe even the mental side of things wasn't the best i was doubting myself a bit too much mm-hmm. if i looked at that and if i used that last defeat as fuel re like fuel for the next thing and it's like that that fella is never going to catch me with a shot like that yeah. and if i leave no stone left unturned and use that as fuel train every single day for them three weeks leading up to the new fight you know you have a much better chance of winning and then if you don't win you feel a lot better because you're like, look, I've put everything into that. Your man was the better fighter. Do you know what I mean? So, No, it's so important that you do challenge yourself. And like sometimes as we go back to, it, again, accountability just to, to look at ourselves. But what, what spurred you on to have this mentality? Because I, I know you have such a, a strong mentality that like no matter what you do, you want to be the best. How, mm-hmm. What gave you this mentality and what helps you cope when you don't come first? Uh, so basically I, I have a very competitive nature you know yourself like I even in like a swimming pool or something I'm swimming some fella is uh, like kind of passed me out in the lane I'm like who's this fella think he is me <laughs> and then I try and beat him or whatever and look that can be I was even talking about this look this 
healthy competition and unhealthy competition and sometimes I kind of border on the line of uh, the kind of unhealthy so the healthy competition kind of came from sports stuff like that and look with everything today like social media stuff like that the unhealthy competition kind of comes into things where you know you kind of look at people and be like oh I'm I'm not doing this or you know look this fella has this and that and I don't have much you know I'm still in college or whatever you know I'm not um like other people that were in your um your year and stuff like that so competition is very important um it it's something that drives me and it's something that I appreciate because exercise wise it, it drives me a lot because when I was boxing and stuff, I'd be always thinking about my opponent. He's I, I always uh, love that uh, Fly Mayweather quote. It's when when you're working or when when I'm when you're sleeping, I'm working. When you're working, I'm working. So it's basically like I'm outworking you, and then when I fight you, I know I have the confidence to outwork you. So that's kind of my mindset when I was boxing. It's the same thing with a kind of. I watched the the last dance and stuff and Michael Jordan, you have to be insanely competitive. You just have to be, it's to be at that high, high level. You have to be kind of crazy even, do you know what I mean? Competitive, obsessive, Ob- obsessed. You have to think about it every single day. You have to think if that fella caught me with the right hand. I would go back home and think about that nonstop and he'd never catch me with another right hand. That's, that's the mentality you have to have if you want to be at a high, high level. But look, I'm not at a high, high level. So I try and kind of stay away from that really, really competitive edge because it can be unhealthy and it's good when you're boxing or competing at a high level. But uh, when you're not, sometimes it's better off to have just a a nice, healthy bit of competition to kind of push you on and keep you going with your training. But um, other than that... Is that an approach you might take then? I know you look at yourself all the time, but would you, like, after a loss or a defeat, like, would you go to a coach and say, hey, uh, I, I didn't win or, like, I, I felt I wasn't great in this aspect. What's your opinion? And, like, be humble enough to take opinions from others. And, so, like, sometimes if we're open enough, like, they might hit the nail on the head that we might have never hit, you know? Yeah, definitely. Like, I even, I even found with... I remember we were... Uh, practicing strokes and stuff for swimming and and I was asking like sometimes it like we were saying we don't like to ask people oh what's my technique like here but I asked the swimming coach I was like look would you just have a look at me and a lot a lot of people when they they actually don't react well to being told hey look you're doing that wrong or whatever you're like what what are you on about I'm doing that grand I'm swimming grand or whatever but he gave me two or three pointers and I kind of corrected them just if uh, just kicking feet just small little things and improve my stroke fourfold like it was unbelievable so I think reaching out for help in any aspect is unbelievable because people will see from a different perspective like you sometimes you have these blinkers on like it's the same thing I see people even running down the road and their gait is all off you know like and sometimes you just have to maybe even video someone and just say, look, you're, you're dragging your foot a little here. This could lead to hip injuries in the future or whatever. And they would never realize that because they're just running down the road. I'm getting my exercise in. What are you on about? Um, And it's just about like, if we are asking for help, being open to uh, constructive criticism and taking on board. And then also if you're given 
um, constructive criticism and know that your intentions are good and how they receive it is their variable. But Dara, what I want to talk to you about is, um, do, you, do you find it plausible to speak to your mates when you're down or just having a bad day in general, whether it be sports, college, uh, professionally? How, how, how difficult is it for you or is it plausible? Um, to be honest with you, I'm not great on it, um, which is probably one of uh, yeah, I'm I'm not the best on it to be honest. I haven't never ha- haven't done it that much. I've with a few few mates, few certain mates I have, um, but not that many to be honest. Because a lot of the times when I when I go out with my friends, you know, we're out drinking, we're having a good time. I don't want to put a dampener on the thing saying, "Hey lads, uh, come here." I'm kind of str- and and a lot of the times when you're kind of going out, you want to be uplifted, or you know, you don't want to kind of bring the the kind of um, the vibe down in the place, so that that's uh, that's a lot of the times. But I think f- definitely from now, like I've kind of identified, just a one-on-one conversations are probably the best with over a coffee or something. Not like out in te- there's a time and a place, you know, for for th- these types of conversations that we're having now. You know, they say like obviously hindsight is a wonderful thing, and it is. Is there any example of a time where you went to like a, a session or a party and just drank, but really what should like in hindsight you're looking back and saying i really wasn't in the condition mentally to go to that i should have just met a friend and had a mm. coffee and just spoke to him and took that night off has there <laughs> ever been an example of that <laughs> too many of them <laughs> uh, <laughs> no but like jesus when i even when you're not in um a solid place mentally and you go out drinking it's probably one of the worst things that you can do for yourself and you do it so many times because Oh, I'm gonna have a good crack out on a night out, but you just—it's—it's it's just the worst thing to do, and I've done it myself a lot of times, and um, and it's got me into uh, like you know some bad like bad situations abroad and stuff. Not nothing, nothing major or whatever, but just f- funny stories and stuff. But you kind of look back on it and it's like Jesus, like the mindset when I was going into it just wasn't good, and you dr- over drink. I even find now like drinking on the weekend and stuff and when you're in a better place m- mentally you're just like i just said right and uh, i kind of feel okay now but i'm just going up to bed and absolutely wrecked in the future or in the past i wouldn't let's get a load of jaeger bombs into me now uh <laughs> get a load of energy you know like just stupid kind of stuff and um, when your body is actually telling you and your mind is telling you here right you need to go to sleep or you need to just calm it down and like in the past, I want to kind of impress people like, oh, this fella's some crack, you know, he's he's up all night and he's whatever. But now I'm just kind of being true to myself. Like I'm kind of like I do like a drink or whatever. I like going out with the lads, but I, I don't like getting absolutely destroyed or anything like that. I like a few drinks, but um, it's so important that we listen to that voice in our heads and actually give it the credence that it deserves. But one thing you said there is about alcohol and being a student, it's a common team. Like almost most lads wouldn't say college is difficult. They'd say it was a great session and I I had a good time doing it. But Mm. how how do you find how damaging alcohol is like during college and like, you know, the morning after? You just don't feel well. It's it's something that we we as Irish, like we should really challenge ourselves to balance a lot better and and know our, our limits. Yeah, definitely. Like we... At the end of the day, alcohol is a poison. Like it's a it's a mild poison, you know, uh, that you're putting into your body. Look, I think in moderation, alcohol is great, and I think 
people should enjoy themselves and have a bit of a crack and it's good like yeah, it, yeah. it is good on a party like you know sometimes you have a few drinks and you have a, yeah when you have a good night out like it is it's great but it's that time when you're in a bad place mentally or you're not in the right mindset to go out drinking and stuff that's that's when it causes issues and um and stuff like that so i definitely recommend like if you're in college and stuff like if you're having a bad day or if you're just maybe go out for a jog do something instead of that session you know just just do something or get even get out in in nature and so because that's something that i've been doing a lot more lately like because you think i just recorded a podcast on failures and rejections um, and how i kind of react to them in both my personal life and professional life mm-hmm. um and a lot, what I've been doing now is kind of trying to get in tune with nature a lot. So going for swims, like you, when you go for a long swim and if you have a problem with when you're going on that long swim, you soon forget about it because you think a seal is going to eat you. You think a shark is going to, yeah, you think yeah. sharks have infested the waters in Ireland. A jellyfish comes in your face, you're like you don't and then that problem you start laughing at it like you know what i mean and you you kind of i i've kind of adopted this kind of it is what it is kind of uh, an attitude from now on obviously you can't do that from for everton but it is a good kind of attitude to have and not let it fester too much no that's so interesting and i know you're a great advocate for uh, physical activity and nutrition but uh, and obviously melatonin and serotonin i did a great podcast with dean roach on it earlier about talking about the benefits and it's science like it does work mm. but like i do see that trend where sometimes physical activity and nutrition might suppress it and we just need to talk so like yeah. the one of the main reasons i got this podcast going is that um like you said, the alcohol and the Irish like kind of culture about drinking in pubs and like having blowouts and stuff. And that's all well and good. But I was working in a coffee shop and I seen this group of lads coming in and every time like I'd be doing whatever near their table or something, I'd always over here like, oh, the lack was doing this. Or, you know, they per se, they were, like they were talking like women, air quotes, you know. But um, yeah. it's, it's so good to see like that trend of like people who might have me met up in a pub previously and suppressed how they're feeling are actually challenging themselves and like coffee shops can play an instrumental role in in getting people talking especially men definitely like a, a conversation over a coffee with someone is it's nearly as like i'm not going to say it's, it's a professional help is the best mm. but it is unbelievable just having a coffee with someone just a, ch- a, a catch up with someone like you know it's unbelievable for you for them um just a conversation in general like it doesn't have to be something major you know you're you're just kind of i i find i get energy off people that i haven't met for a while uh it's great to see them and then you might meet them again or whatever so i think it's it's brilliant for that no it can be almost uh therapeutic but Mm. uh, my last question for yourself dara is um, have you any advice for men similar to yourself who may be afraid to say to a close friend that they've been struggling mentally yeah so basically like i think i i'd really recommend like talking is the is the first step you know mm-hmm. um, and someone someone close is even better you know like i've uh, gone to counselors and stuff and i've kind of touched on this in 
previous episodes, I didn't have a good kind of experience at first with um, college counsellors and stuff. It just, you know, they say not every counsellor is for you, but I would definitely not let that steer you off that because a professional, you think of it like it's like going to a nutritionist, you know, they have studied in that area for years. Um, so it, going to a professional is unbelievable. Going to a friend, anyone, just venting that out is is unbelievable because you're you're getting that out there. And even like there's plenty of uh, people that you can listen to, you know, on YouTube. And then trying trying to, I would recommend really just trying to get out in nature and appreciate nature a bit more and just be mindful of things around you because I I find like when you just look out into the ocean, you're like Jesus Christ, like. It's, it has, you have that primal connection with nature, with the land, and we've lost that with big high-rise buildings sitting in front of the computer. Um, so I think getting back into that, I know it's a bit kind of hippie-ish or whatever, but I think yeah. getting back into that is, is, is something that has drastically helped myself anyway, um, and your own, your, your own best example. So that's really what's helped oh, me. No, 100%, and, and we need to remember that we are human and the human body needs to move needs to you need to talk and you just need to acknowledge some of these things but just to summarize everything we've said here is basically be pragmatic you know like as you said some college counselors weren't for you it didn't stop, it deter you from going to another one and trying another no. one and he could have worked brilliant for you or the next yeah. next counselor yeah. could have been brilliant or physical activity like physical activity is such a broad term that like you can be uh, in a, a football team, a Gaelic team, a hurling team, or you can be a triathlete or a swimmer or whatever, but you just need to be pragmatic and find what works for you and even the same again with nutrition. But it's important to actually culminate all that and, and use it to our benefit mentally as well to try alleviate some of the burdens we may be carrying on our shoulders. Definitely. And I, I even feel like kind of finding a purpose as well, like because when I was up in college and stuff, you know, when I didn't have that boxing or uh, something there, I kind of felt lost. Like I was like, I didn't have an identity because before I was known as, you know, kind of from, maybe from an egotistical point of view, I liked being known as a boxer or whatever from, you know, people would know me as that. But then I was up in Dublin and, you know, I didn't really have an identity. Who was I? Like people was like, oh, what do you do? I'm just in college, just first year of college. Like, and it was kind of like, I was kind of lost so i then i identified thankfully um you know podcasting and just challenging myself physical activity adventure nature food ever like i was interested in all these things and um trying to get a purpose towards that and trying to get a bit of drive so i think identifying something like that a purpose is sometimes sometimes it's very good to be humble and search within and look at ourselves and see what we can be doing better dara you've been a great guest and thanks very much for coming on i really appreciate it thanks for being shane